Welcome to the Casual Fridays REI podcast, where you'll learn about the wildly profitable niche of land investing. Active land investors Adam Southey and Justin Sleva are here to share their experiences with you so that you can learn how to build massive cash flow and huge profits from this highly lucrative niche. So without further ado, here are your hosts, Adam Southey and Justin Sleva. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Adam Southey here with my co-host, Justin Sleva, and this is the Casual Fridays REI podcast. We're really excited today. We've got the host of the Investing in the U.S. podcast, Reed Goosens. In 2012, Reed quit his job in Australia and moved halfway across the globe to the United States to change his life and to chase a dream. With limited funds, no investing experience, and no credit, Reed went from purchasing a small duplex to growing his own real estate investing firm, Wildhorn Capital. Reed now syndicates large multi-million dollar deals across the United States. He's also achieved financial freedom, and he's taken control of his life. Reed. Thanks for coming on. We got Reed Goosens from Invest in the U.S. Investing in the U.S. podcast. Welcome to Casual Thank Fridays. You. Thank you very much for having me, boys. Much uh, much appreciated to get on the show. We had a bit of technical issues, but we're now up and running. Yeah, I was telling Justin beforehand. It was like between the back and forth scheduling. I was really hoping this would go real smooth because <laughs> we actually know what we're doing, despite what it kind of seemed there. But we'll be good. Good. Awesome. Cool, cool. So, kind of tell us a little bit about yourself, Reed. Let us know what you do in the real the real estate niche, and kind of give us the the quick rundown. Yeah, so the 30-second elevator pitch, as much as it's probably going to be more like two minutes, is uh, my accent is clearly not from this country. I have a <laughs> deep southern accent via Australia, and uh, I moved to the United States back in 2012. I, I quit my job in Australia. Or, uh, my background is in structural engineering, and I quit my engineering job in Aussie, and I moved to the United States for, for, for love. I, I, moved to move, I moved to the United States to chase a girl who's now my wife. And oh, nice, I nice. moved to New York City because I want to live in the Big Apple. And we had an uh, Aussies and you know, Americans, we have a great little uh, working visa. And if you, have a, if you get a job, if you've gone to university, you've got a white collar job like structural engineering, there's a two-year visa. So um, I sort of just said, screw it. I want to move halfway across the world. And um, I uh, didn't have a plan. The only plan was to try and get a job. So I came in on a tourist visa and then we pounded the pavement trying to get a job. And finally, that one job uh, that one person said yes and uh, got the job, got the visa, got to stay. And then within like within six months of living in the United States, I bought my first triplex uh, in upstate New York. And, and, and I'll just preface that with saying that I'd already picked up the book Rich Dad Poor Dad and, and the real estate bug was already within me before moving to the United States. And so, okay. um, yeah, so that's really, that's really what I've, uh, and over the last four or five years have escaped the, um, I, I probably escaped my, my corporate job about 18 months to two years ago, but that was also tied to me getting married to my wife to get a green card. So there's like yeah. all these different things that I've got to go through. But the whole story and message is that my family's in Australia. I moved here without a job. I didn't go to university here. I don't have a network here. I started literally from scratch. I had a little bit of money saved up from working in, in obviously in Australia, but hit the ground here in, in the United States and didn't even know what a credit score was and <laughs> my first triplex for 38,000 bucks and I bought it all cash. And so that I went through all the rigmaroles and, and, and like a, an expat or an immigrant or whatever you want to call me, we have this sort of nous of figuring it out, right? The only option, you know, and the worst option was that, okay, if I didn't, couldn't figure it out here, I'd move back to Australia, get another engineering job and okay, but I had to go, right? And so yep. my whole mission and what makes me, what my, gets the juices flowing with inside of me is really 
the fear of regret. And, you know, I never wanted to wake up when I'm 65 years of age and go, geez, I wish I'd given that blood a go. I'd rather have given something a go and failed than never to give it a go at all. So if anyone is listening to this show and, and they're sitting on the fence about getting involved in US real estate, trust me, it is compared to my home country, the barriers to entry are a lot lower. And if I can do, if I can achieve financial freedom within seven years of moving here, then, then and, and an Aussie, then so can, and so can the people listening. Awesome. So yeah. was your, was your wife a American or was she Australian and just no, moved she, over she, to she's, she's an American. Okay. And we met actually in, in Spain when I was working wow. for, for Russian billionaires on, on the super yachts in the, in the Mediterranean. <laughs> That's another story that we can get into if you really want to. But yeah, well, I was backpacking throughout South of France back in 2009. We okay. met, connected. I backpacked through the United States, fell in love with the United States in 2009, 2010 moved back to Australia and uh, subsequently she had applied for university in Aussie to do her master's. And so she moved to Australia for a period of time before then at the end of 2011, early 2012, we said, let's move to, back to the United States together. And that's when I quit my job and, and moved here. So, um, so yeah. Amazing love story that yeah. kind of drove you into real estate. It's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of cool to see that, that transition there. Yeah. Well, it, it was more to do with the, the, the driving into real estate really came, so graduated in 2007, structural engineer in Australia, got a job working in actually in London, starting in early 2008 on the London 2012 Olympic Games as a structural engineer. So obviously pre, you know, summer games, they've got to build like, you know, here, I live here in Los Angeles and everything's building right now for the 2028 games here in Los Angeles. So it's decades in advance of, of construction and you know, need engineers. And so a lot of, I was very fortunate because at that same time in 2008, obviously the financial crisis hit. And so I still had a job and so did that for a year went gallivanting around the south of france met erica you know working these super yachts and then finally ended up back in australia in early 2010 in a cubicle and back an engineering job and has had two years of awesome around the world and experiencing all these incredible places and really said to myself like how the hell do i pay how does someone pay me to live my life right i don't want to live in this cubicle for the rest of my life and so at that point i had no idea what an entrepreneur was i had you know really enjoyed studying engineering and, and had now had a couple of years of professional experience but it was just, I, I could see I was a small cog in a big piece, a big, a big machine. And, and I just knew I wasn't going to be able to live in this cubicle for the next 40 years of my life. And I had this incredible worldly experience of traveling around the world for a couple of years that I felt like a star athlete sitting on the sideline watching my life go by. And so I really have to figure out how do I get someone to pay me? And that someone was an investment <laughs> mm -hmm. to live my life on my terms. And that was sort of when I picked up the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and that's really where that book sort of spoke to me on like the whole entrepreneurial you know, journey and getting out of W2 here in the United States is called something different in Australia, but leaving the job and becoming your own boss. And, and through that, that was where I, I started learning about real estate. And then all of a sudden these blinkers came off and said, hey, Reed, you're working as a structural engineer with these developers, like start paying attention. So I sort of used my job to leapfrog into the development world, into ground up construction whilst doing deals on the side. And, and but just blinkers came off and, and all of a sudden, you know, when you have that realization, that aha moment in life, and we were, whether you read books or talk to someone or get inspired by, by a quote, you start looking at opportunities differently. You start looking at life glass half full rather than glass half empty. And that's really the mindset piece of it. And, and through that, you know, self-taught, I didn't go to university for real estate, but, you know, just through doing deals and getting things done. And over a period of time now, I, I, I'm the co-founder of Wildhorn Capital and we have about 1,700 units, uh, multifamily wow. units in Texas. Wow. And um, we had about $150 million worth under management. So I don't, I don't say that to impress anyone. I say to just like, if you can fit, if you've got a dream and a passion, you can go and figure it out. It's just about putting one step in front of the other. And, and I picked up Rich Dad, Poor Dad back in 2009 and it's now 2019. So 10 years later, 
I've achieved. If you'd asked me back in 2009, would you be sitting here talking to you boys on, on the podcast about real estate investing <laughs> and 1700 units and blah, blah, blah. I probably would have laughed you out of the room. So you can really underestimate what you achieve in a year, but you can, so you can overestimate what you can achieve in a year, but you can underestimate what you achieve in a decade. And my life specifically, I look back and go, wow, I'm yeah. 33 years of age and I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I, life's going pretty good right now. And, and the, the message is that we're all, and I'm sort of rambling a little bit, but it's, it's an opportunity to, to talk a little bit about mindset and, and how you go out and achieve things. And I'm sure a lot of people get stuck at that starting line of just doing anything, right? So yeah, yeah. And yeah. that's one of the biggest things we talk about on our podcast is somebody just taking action, just moving forward a little bit and understanding that, yeah, you can dream it, you can actually do it and, and moving forward. So you kind of hit on a couple of things. You bought a triplex as your first thing. So tell us about the asset class that you kind of deal in mainly. So we kind of understand what that yeah, is. Yeah. So the transition from, I never actually did anything in Australia when I first picked up that book, Richard poured out and was going to the local real estate networking events in Aussie. You know, the Australian market is completely different to the United States market. We have a lot higher barriers to entry. Mm-hmm. Cash flow on a deal just doesn't exist. Um, yeah. Lease options are a thing or were a thing. I remember being taught that in Australia flipping houses. It's really all about the negative gearing. So think of the Australian market like LA or New York, but across the entire country, right? Wow. So very high barriers to entry, not all next to nothing cash flow, if, any, if anything. And so you've got to be get creative with like flipping and all that sort of stuff. So when I moved to the United States, knowing that the big thing was I need to put cash in my pocket. So I need to get multifamily real estate. And so that's where my first, and also understand that is it you guys and Americans speak a different investing lingo compared to Australia. And so when I moved to the Big Apple, you know, I'm coming from, you know, Australia, 25 million people and, you know, some cool little networking events and boom, I mean, the Big Apple, you know, yeah. 8 million people, fire hose of information. <laughs> and it's just like, you know, what's a cap rate and what's IRR mean and all that sort of stuff. Like what's a credit score? What's LLC? What's an EIN number? Like all this <laughs> stuff. And, uh, and I just had to figure it out. But the, but the beauty of what the American market offered me was that, what I would pay a huge guru in Australia, huge guru in Australia, tens of thousands of dollars to be taught. You know, the average RIA, uh, real estate investment association, was offering week weekend courses for thirty bucks, and I was getting just you know the, the value of information here, the vast array of information that was at my fingertips was really quite astounding. Where in Australia, it was sort of like you got to that point, like hey, I need a mentor and blah blah blah. And I don't really want to pay for all of that. So through that, understood how you know, the investing lingo worked here in the United States and, and then figuring out LLCs and why I'd need one and EIN numbers and all that sort of good stuff. And then um, within six months of moving here, I really said I had about, th- I had about 50 grand saved up for working as a professional. And I uh, said, okay, I need to get that working for me. How do I get it working? And, and all of a sudden, you know, I knew that New York City wasn't going to be the place because I've just come from Australia. They're pretty much identical in terms of the value of breaking into the market. But I found these little, you know, three, four hour drive away markets. Syracuse, New York was the first one. Uh, and I had a pretty good lesson in Section 8 housing. Uh, to say the <laughs> least. So, uh, but on paper, it looked really, really great. And I, you know, wow, 38,000 bucks. Like that would never exist for a triplex. That would never exist in Australia. And so I bought it on paper looked great. It worked really well for the first six months. And then there was a drive by shooting and you know, I, I, well, (laughs) no one was hurt luckily, but it was understanding what a ghetto was understanding what class (laughs) D means. You know, uh, we don't have ghettos in Australia, but it was, there was still homeowners on that street. And, and when we had these tenants that weren't, you know, fighting or fighting each other, it was sort of just like, okay, we need to 
we need a, this strategy isn't going to make me millions and millions of dollars. So, but it was a good strategy to get your feet wet and I learned so, and, and it was my money, so I could put it at risk, but it got me into deal number two. Um, and it got me into deal number three and you get to deal number 10, you don't get to deal number 10 without doing that first deal. And I I still remember it today. It was called uh, 512 Fabius Street, F-A-B-I-U-S in Syracuse. You could probably look it up and it's still there. I I love that you remember the first deal. Adam, do you remember your first deal? Because you talk about it quite a bit. Your first deal in land. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, no one ever forgets the first deal, right? Because that's right. the one you're so nervous about or you're excited about or there's there's trouble with it. There's, that's the one you never forget. I mean, surely you remember yours. Yeah, it was so. a 20-acre in Brewster County and the, the lady's husband had passed away. And I didn't know how to do the deed at that point. I was like, oh, what do I do on this? And we got it all figured out. Ended up buying the property and bought it for like 2400 bucks, and then sold wow. it for 7000 Jeez, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, I was so nervous. It's on mine. Because the way we work, so we send blind offers, yeah. make an offer sight on scene, someone calls back. If they accept it anyway, I was so nervous when I got his offer back. I think the my phone call back to him was maybe 10 seconds long. So I'm like, oh, did, did you really sign it? Okay, cool, let's, we'll get it closed. Here we go. And that was like essentially <laughs> it. It's getting comfortable being uncomfortable, right? It's that yeah. yeah. No, yeah. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. Did I hear you say that your uh, apartments are in texas now yeah so we uh the whole evolution of of going from fabius street in syracuse new york where i'm working for a full-time job in in new york city but not actually achieving financial freedom i i a friend of mine came down from canada and and i sort of one christmas i think it was 2013 and he was he was saying to me hey oh I was boasting. I think I had two little properties. I had this triplex and this duplex and I was about to flip a house in Philadelphia and I was, you know, still working full time. And, and he's like, Oh man, that's awesome. And, uh, I just closed on a 70 unit deal. And I said, 70. And he's like, yeah, seven zero. And I said, how the hell did you do that? And he talked to me about OPM, other people's money. He talked to me about getting a, a true mentor. He talked to me about guilt, you know, making sure you have credibility and how do you go build credibility really quickly through mentors. And from that, that was sort of the, I, I sort of knew that I'd reached the end of my you know, tether with the local, with my own money. Right? The banks, I would only been here for less than a year or better, a bit over a year, had a couple of little deals under my belt, but I was still working full time. And yes, I put a bit of cash from my pocket, but nothing, nothing that I could leave my job over. And it was sort of the whole idea of let's go figure out syndication and, and commercial real estate on the, on the pure scale part of it. That, that's where I started the journey uh, in early 2000, late 2013 into the syndication world, started my podcast. And then through that, met people started raising capital for deals through that, you know, a lot of hard work, a lot of effort, started doing my own deals. And now those deals that I do are, happen to be in Texas, in Austin, Texas, and San Antonio. Okay. And uh, yeah, we have eight assets and, you know, I think it's mentioned 1700 units. So, um, so these are, these are bigger, bigger, you know, two, 300 units at a time that we buy. So, so yeah, it's a crazy journey to go from your, your triplex and a duplex now to that, that scale of doors that you have. Awesome. And look, don't, don't, I'm not sitting here saying it was a pretty journey. It was a lot of work, a lot of freaking work, a lot of grind. And it's still a lot of work today. And I now have full blown real estate investment company. So how do I, you know, the day to day, I'm jumping on podcasts here, but I get to another meeting at 10 o'clock, you know, like there's just big days. I just actually got back from Austin yesterday from seven days, checking out all the assets and, and doing our stuff that we do. So yeah, it's been, it's been a pretty cool journey and, and looking forward to the next 10 years. So you talked about in your your podcast, I understand you talk about investing in the U.S. for people that are out of the country. What what is the I guess that the high level look at somebody that's not in the U.S. that wants to invest in the U.S. What would you what would be your advice to them to get started? Yeah, so two things like yeah, the whole story of the investing in the U.S. podcast started with wanting to niche into 
talking to international folks. It's now, I've been doing it for four years and now pivoted. I, I talk to everyone, uh, not just, and there's only so much real estate you can talk about out of stuff to four years, right? So, um, but yeah, but back in the beginning, if you listen to the first 10 episodes, it's, it's literally my journey stepped out in the first 10 to 20 episodes we talk about investing lingo. Okay, you got to get that under your belt before you get started. You got to understand how you get set up here in the United States legally if you want to start investing here. You got to understand what, t- what different type of real estate investing do you want to get involved with? You boys are in land. There's, there's so many, there's obviously the small triplexes for cash flow that you could get involved in self storage. You can fix and flip. You can, um, you know, you can do mobile home parks, like, you know, multifamily, obviously. So there's so many different options that, you, that people have available to them, international folks. Um, there's also the foreign exchange risk. You've got to understand what's going to happen if you bring capital into the United States and have it in US dollars. And what does that mean on the return journey? Um, there's also the, the taxation piece of it and how, you know, whether your home country and the United States have a, have a tax treaty and how that is affected. So there's all these different complexities that America, uh, America is the sort of um, this, this holy grail of, of commercial real estate or real estate in general to, to get yield. And that's why a lot of, you know, international investors have come to the United States in the last, call it, since, the two, since the recessions, we'll call it a decade, because they're chasing that yield, they're chasing that safety of the US dollar, uh, they're chasing that you know, safety of the geopolitical sphere when we you know, talk about other developing countries like uh, China, South Africa, India, Pakistan, all those places, they want to bring money into the country. And so how, because they want to escape their, maybe it's a communist government where they want to get their, the money out of their government's reach and they want to put it in the United States. And so for those people, you got to, there's all these lists, you've got things you've got to understand and, and want to do. And if you've ticked all those lists, you know, I know the exchange risk, I know, you know what I want to get invested in. It's, it's now about going and actually executing and getting yourself legally set up and we can, I'm sure we can talk a little bit about that as well. Yeah, so all that stuff, it kind of sounds scary, I guess, when you really don't know. Do, do, you, do you recommend people go out and learn all that or just kind of sure. trial by fire? No, 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 no never or... trial by fire. I think if you've got folks listening to this podcast who are international because I want to get involved in land, you would be the guys to go to to, to understand the land space. I'm in the multifamily space. You got other blokes in, uh, and gals in, in self-storage. You really got to figure out what you want to do and what you want to do with your money. And, and for any international person coming to the United States with capital, I do highly, you know, I remember back in 2012 when I started buying those really cheap properties, you know, a lot of Australian investors were coming here because the, the Aussie dollar was parity with the US dollar. And so they were seeing these $30,000 houses like I was seeing and wow, look at this, look at this cash on cash return and blah, blah, blah. But you know, lessons learned looking back, it's like, if you're going to come out and be successful in that space, you need to probably buy a portless small portfolio when talking four, five, six, seven properties at once. So you need to be bringing out a couple of hundred thousand dollars worth of money to start investing because, you know, leverage here for international folks, there are opportunities for that. However, it's, it's limited because obviously the US banks, if they don't know who you are and you're earning an income from a foreign country, they're not going to be the most forthcoming with their terms. <laughs> yep. So my, the, the message is if you're going to start bringing capital to the United States, if you're going to bring 10 grand, maybe figure us another way of, of, of investing that 10 grand because it's, it might get chewed up pretty quickly with all the expenses just getting set up here to go out and start executing. So, yeah. Great advice. Now, I know you have two books out and they're both on Amazon. You want to tell us about those and what we can find in them? Yeah, sure. So we have, um, I've got the first book, which is the investing in the US. And for anyone who's watching this on video, this is the, this is literally the book Sorry, the, the book version of the podcast. So it's like all the, it's a step-by-step guide for anyone who wants to invest here in the United States. 
and it's not international folks, local folks as well. Uh, there's a, there is one specific chapter, chapter four on getting set up here in, in, in America. Um, the rest is just my journey and an overview of everything and anything that makes the United States for real estate, the best place in the world to invest. So there's that book. And that's on Amazon. And then there's a new book called 10,000 Miles to the American Dream. And this is a, I started a mastermind group with uh, six other, uh, seven other Aussies who also made the journey across the ditch, as we like to say. And um, they, we've all achieved financial freedom through investing in real estate through, I, you know, obviously a multifamily investor. We've got a guy in here who does tech investing with, uh, with real estate. There's another guy who does hotel investing. Um, there's a fix and flipper in here. So these are just the stories of different, investment methodologies that we as international folks have come and discovered and you know carved out of businesses successful businesses and then ultimately have achieved financial freedom so two books invest uh, 10,000 miles of the american dream and investing in the us the ultimate guide to us real estate and they're both on amazon as well so yeah awesome yeah cool definitely link to those they look like uh, they sound like good books so readers are uh, anything else that we need to know is there anything we didn't ask something no i think your boys did a did a great job so i hope i was able to provide some some good content for your listeners and hopefully they can be motivated to go out and get started and 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 whatever they do just you know get started get off the fence (laughs) yeah yeah i I love it i love the message of getting you know a you chase love and so some kind of passion drove you here and then you got here and you said there's more to life i gotta i gotta do something better than what I'm being stuck in a cubicle. And so many of our listeners are stuck in that, that cubicle, whether it's in a construction job or, or whatever it is, it's actually a white collar job in, in a cubicle, but they're looking for that way out. And you know, you've shown that in your journey that you could do that coming from Australia, not actually knowing the tech, the technical terms that you're working with. No, you have a little bit of cash and how do I get it started and, and took action and see that and see the exactly. success that you've had. That's amazing. Yep, exactly. All right, guys. Well, if you want to learn more about Reed, go check him out. He's got a great podcast, Investing in the U.S. You can find him on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. We'll uh, link to it all in our show notes. And uh, as always, do us a favor. Go to Facebook, go to Instagram, give us a like, give us a follow. Then go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, go to wherever else you're listening to us. Like, rate, review, and subscribe to the show. We appreciate it. We love you. See you later. Bye, guys.